All right, welcome back to That Gay Shit. Uh, today, I'm joined again by Cecile. Uh, oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into it. So to start today off, we're going to start with something that's not really gay news, uh, but I'm from Canada. This is important news in Canada right now. But 65% of my listeners are from America. So welcome to your kind of foray into Canadian politics. A? I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. What? The A part. Oh. That's a weak joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. So from the CBC, uh, it reads, in letter to PM, the prime minister, Kenny, the premier of Alberta, calls for consequences or compensation over Keystone XL cancellation. The letter comes one day after other premiers pressured Ottawa, our nation's capital, to push back on what they called dangerous precedent. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney is repeating his call for economic retaliation over the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline, or at least some compensation for TC Energy and the province for the loss of billions of dollars. In a letter to the Prime Minister, Kenney accuses Justin Trudeau of failing to advocate for the project by retroactively revoking the presidential permit for this project without taking the time to discuss it with their longest standing ally, the United States is setting a deeply disturbing precedent for any future projects and collaborations between our two nations, the letter reads. The fact that it was a campaign promise makes it no less offensive. Our country has never surrendered our vital economic interests because a foreign government campaigned against them. Kenny proposes his government join Ottawa in pushing for shared climate goals that mirror the integrated North American energy system. Proportional, so then it goes down kind of, the article breaks down into sections. So this first one is proportional economic consequences. Repeating calls he made in the immediate wake of the announcement, Kenny urged Justin Trudeau to seek proportional economic consequences for the decision. At the very least, I call upon the government of Canada to press the U.S. administration to compensate TC Energy and the government of Alberta for billions of dollars of costs incurred in the construction of the Keystone XL to date. Kenny said the cancellation is a clear violation of the investor protection provisions of the Canada-US-Mexico trade agreement. Trudeau's government has repeatedly said that it supports the project and has made that clear to the new US administration, but both Prime Minister and Canada's ambassador to the US have said it is time to respect the decision and move on. Now this takes me to why I really don't like Justin Trudeau. He has a lot of talk, but has very little bark. We also know his talk isn't great when he stammered for on for a minute and a half earlier in the year, of, like last year, earlier 2020, about trying to describe a water bottle as a box for water. Like he just stammered on for what was it, like a minute and a half. It was a, it was a bad uh, a metaphor or analogy, whatever. Yes. You he tried to say like a water right. box. He also said talk. What is he talking moistly? Talk, talk moistly. To... Yeah. I yes. mean, great hair. Yes. I mean, gr great face. Uh, there's some work to do linguistically, let's say. Yes. That. Yeah. There's, there's some work to do there. Uh, speaking on Friday morning, Trudeau reiterated his disappointment in the cancellation and said he would raise the issue during his phone call with the U.S. President Joe Biden scheduled for later in the day. 
Obviously, the decision on the Keystone XL is a very difficult one for workers in Alberta and Saskatchewan who have had many difficult hits, he said. Over the past years, we have been there for them, and we will continually be there for them, and I will express my concerns for jobs and livelihoods in Canada, particularly in the West, directly in conversation with President Biden. Trudeau stressed he and the new president are on the same wavelength on fighting climate change and middle-class job creation, as well as the values of Canadians. Uh, so then the next section is titled First Minister's Meeting. The letter comes one day after a First Minister's Meeting where Ontario's Doug Ford, Saskatchewan's Scott Moe, and Quebec's François Legault all pushed the Prime Minister to take action. The details of that meeting were reported by Global News and confirmed by CBC News. Those premiers expressed concern that the decision in Canada's response could set a dangerous precedent as the U.S. examines by American protectionist policies as part of a pandemic rebound strategy. Ford, in Ontario, also expressed concern for the Line 5 pipeline, a target of Michigan Governor and Biden campaign co-chair Gretchen Whitmer. Line 5 is part of Enbridge's Lakehead network, which carries oil and liquids used in propane from Western Canada to refineries in the U.S. and Ontario. That pipeline moves about 23 million gallons, or 87 million liters, daily between Superior, Wisconsin, and Sarnia, Ontario, traversing parts of northern Michigan and Wisconsin. Kenny also noted that Gina McCarthy, Biden's senior domestic advisor on climate change, has voiced opposition to Enbridge's Line 3 replacement project, which aims to increase the amount of oil shipped from Alberta to Wisconsin. The same political forces that succeed in obtaining this retroactive veto are seeking now to kill other critical pipelines, Kenny said Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, so people object to pipelines, which I find amusing considering that they're the best and safest way to transport oil and other similar things. They have the lowest uh, incidence among them, and they are the, the most economic ecologically safe method provided they are properly maintained right and has there and i don't i mean i i have no right to even speak on this because i'm in no way informed but has there been a lot of like pipeline spills in recent decades like i know there's been like in the water and and um you know things like that but i don't remember like an on-land catastrophe no, I, I don't think so. I think the most recent like oil transport catastrophe that was on land that I remember uh, was when I think it was two oil trucks collided on the, the 416 and blew up. Oh, a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Because um, that's really the only other way to transport oil and whatnot across land is via truck or via train, both of which are far more dangerous than than a pipeline. Yeah. Um. I mean, also, this reminds me of, this is ha had to have been like 10, 15 years ago, kind of early stream of the internet age, like when streaming became a sort of a thing. Yeah. There was an underwater spill in the ocean. Don't even remember where it was. Um, maybe the Gulf of, Mex Gulf of Mexico? Yeah. Like south of Texas? <laughs> I hope that's right. Anyway, they had the camera. So there was like this thing that happened and it was just like this pipe was just pumping, pumping, pumping oil into the ocean. 
and they had obviously some kind of monitoring camera that they had established before just yeah. to keep an eye on it but they were live streaming so you could sign in on the internet that's an old person's yeah. term <laughs> and you could at like live see the it was just gallons and then of course god bless america they had this little ticker of like the amount per second per yeah. minute of like the oil like the liters of oil or whatever being spilled or gallons into the ocean but I, yeah there's i don't remember anything from from land also a few different things i, I mean it shouldn't i have a real issue when the government takes away people's land yeah i don't agree with that whether you're you know, a Native American community or another community. I just don't think that should happen. There was a local farmer here who had land adjacent to um, a Canadian base, like an uh, air, air base. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to expand the base and they wanted his land. And so they, I don't remember the term that they use where basically the government takes your land and he, and the community fought too. Like this yeah. has been in land for years and years and like decades, a hundred yeah. years. Um, and they eventually took it. And then the shit end of it is that it never expanded. So they took his oh land. They never built. Yeah. And then he died, I think, last couple of years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't agree with that. I, I don't really have an issue, I don't think, with the pipeline. I just have an issue with it going through people's land. Um, yeah. And in terms of compensation, TC Energy, I just Googled it when you were talking. They're doing fine. Like yeah, you can yeah, take no. the hit, TC Energy. Their net income, this was as of 2018. I can only guess it's gone up was their net income was $3.4 billion. So oh, that's yeah, they're, they're doing fine. Their um, total assets were almost $100 billion. Holy. So, like, I mean, come on, TC. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how much they require the compensation, but gover the government of Alberta, which paid, and it's going to come into this in the next section, but paid around $1.5 billion in equity and construction. Mm-hmm should be given that money simply for the fact that it was America who decided to to cancel it. At least in my opinion, because it was America who canceled the project that, you know, people who put up the money shouldn't be left on the hook because of it. Oh, see, I do. I oh, think that really? you, yeah, I think you entered this knowing exactly what it was. You knew. And the whole reason you did it, like you weren't doing it to send it to friggin' Sarnia, you were doing it to send to America, to Texas, yeah. eventually, to make big money. So you knew that there was incredibly complex political issues that are yeah. going to arise in both Canada and America. Because So it's your responsibility, if you're entering in that contract with the Canadian government, to understand... Well, no, I'm talking like the government of Alberta, like with them yeah. being like, this is an essential pipeline for them to build. Okay, interesting. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think like they have their pipelines. It goes where they needed to go. They were doing this one, as I understand it, to link to the American one to then eventually go down to Texas to make big money. Yeah. Right. That's the whole reason of building really it. Good for Alberta's economy, which I do believe has been lagging and like it's been very plateauing in the past uh, couple of years. And I know they do well because of the oil. Yeah, they do. Might, maybe it's not growing like that. I could definitely well, yeah, see that well, being the they case. They have the issue of not being able to get it out to, to sea. So they're forced to, to send it yeah. to the U.S. because they're landlocked and they can't build a pipeline. Yeah. It's to the Hudson's Bay or through B.C. because at both ends of Canada, we have British Columbia on the west end that's very environmentally, very anti-pipeline. And then on the other end, we have Quebec, which is more in the not really in the middle, but it's 
a uh, little bit more east of Ontario. Um, so at both ends of Canada, there's a very um, ecologically minded provinces, which makes it very difficult for Alberta to build a pipeline to get their oil out, whether it's to Europe or to Asia. So their Alberta yeah. oil is worth far less a barrel than somewhere like Saudi Arabia's oil because they can get it out to a bunch of countries. Alberta is essentially forced to sell it to Americans. Not to mention that when you are against Canadian oil and oil from Western countries, you are acting for and pro oil from countries like Saudi Arabia because the world needs oil. We aren't at a point where we can completely cut ourselves off from fossil fuels and from oil. And Saudi Arabia has a lot of it, so it's what they primarily export, like many countries in the Middle East. But a lot of those countries, Saudi Arabia included, are very homophobic and very socially irresponsible. Like, there are videos from Saudi Arabia and many Middle Eastern countries of gay people being thrown off of roofs. So by being against the pipelines and oil from Western countries, by restricting what we can do in Western countries like Canada, the US, you are increasing like the Saudi Arabian global market share and allowing them to make more money off of that, off of their oil, which then just empowers them to continue with their very discriminatory and very socially irresponsible policies. I understand where people are coming from when they want us to get off of oil, but unfortunately we aren't at that point yet where we can be entirely on renewable energies. So it's better to support the more socially responsible countries than it is to support those very socially irresponsible, very discriminatory, homophobic places like Saudi Arabia. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so the NDP demands details of the deal. So the NDP is called the New Democratic Party. And in Canada, we typically have our conservatives, our liberals, and then the NDP. Uh, the NDP are meant to be the furthest left, and then the conservatives meant to be the furthest right. But we don't really but, call and also, a right-wing party in Canada. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, for American listeners, our, our conservative party would be considered more likely left in America. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't have those like kind of extremists. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, there's a pockets of them, certainly. Like, I mean, you should talk about Derek Sloan at some point. Um, he was a part of the conservative party. But yeah. so there's like kind of individuals that would definitely do well in Tea Party situations down there. But overwhelmingly, our conservative party is, is quite liberal comparatively. Yeah. 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 Very. Um, so and then the liberals are kind of the are supposed to be kind of the center party of the, the three big ones in Canada. And then the NDP are supposed to be the furthest left. Um, and so. The parties pretty much have sub parties in each of the provinces. Like we have an Ontario Conservatives, Ontario Liberal, Ontario NDP, and then there's the Canadian NDP, Canadian Conservative, Canadian Liberals. Uh, fun fact: the Ontario Liberals lost so bad in the last election that they weren't even considered to be a party. <laughs> so it, it led to a lot of funny jokes, like um, a goat celebrating its birthday, a party. The Ontario Liberals, not a party. <laughs> super soft birthday oh yeah hey, you have four nation let's do it yeah 
so Alberta's opposition NDP, however, blamed Kenny for the current situation, saying he was combative and continues to be so when the situation calls for diplomacy. Energy critic Kathleen Ganley said the Alberta government gambled away at least $1.5 billion in taxpayer money on the deal but refuses to release details about the investment. Albertans still don't know how much exactly we are on the hook for. The Premier has said that it is around $1.5 billion in equity and constructions costs, but that number could grow. She said the NDP would formally request the details of the deal with TC Energy to be released at an upcoming meeting of the Public Accounts uh, Committee. The UPC members of that committee will have to make a decision, Ganley said. Will they keep... Will they stand up for public interest and make these documents public, or will they vote to keep the details of the deal a secret from the public and prevent legislative oversight? And then we move on to the last part of the article, which is, or I guess it's not quite the last part, but what is probably the most important part, and that is setting a precedent of, is this deal cancellation setting any kind of legal precedent going forwards? James Coleman, an, an expert on energy law at South Methodist University in Dallas, also sees Biden's move as setting a precedent that could endanger other projects should the president decide he wants to shut them down as environmental groups urge. One thing we know, we just don't know, is will President Biden go along with what agenda of, sh with that agenda of shutting down existing pipelines? Or is this sort of a high watermark of his anti-pipeline actions, Coleman said in an interview with CBC News. Coleman now thinks it's an open window, it's an open question that Biden thinks about the other cross-border energy projects and imagines the entire industry is nervously awaiting any indications of where he stands. Biden has pledged to invest heavy, heavily in renewable energy. But Kristen Van de Biesenbos, an expert on energy law at the University of Calgary doesn't think Biden's move signals anything for other projects. I don't actually think it sets a precedent because Keystone's XL's permit was unique in being issued via executive order from the then President Donald Trump, she said. Because it was done by executive order, it was entirely foreseeable that canceled by President Biden, she added. If you take a look at the executive order, that was signed by Trump that gives the permit for the border crossing for Keystone, it actually says it can be revoked at any time. She said the other pipelines could still face challenges in the U.S., but not because of the Keystone XL decision this week. I would say that we should be very skeptical of any attempt to forecast what might happen to those projects based on what happened to the Keystone XL, Van de Beesen both said. So definitely if it was issued with that, it could be revoked at any time. I think was more a gamble of would Trump stay in office and would he win the re-election or would he lose it? Because if he'd stayed in office, the pipeline likely would have begun construction and was constructed, uh, or he would have lost and the, the permit likely would have been revoked. Listen, he won that election. <laughs> yeah, apparently. The, you know, the one side, the left in the U.S., the same side that constantly called the 2016 election fraud, 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 then criticized people this, you know, most recent election when they were like, okay, well, there is, could be fraud or whatnot. Yeah, it's so silly. Like, like okay, and they're no. like, how dare you? You're doing this like insurgency. You're trying to steal the election. And I'm just like, 
you said the same thing in 2016. Calm down. Like wild, wild. Or I love how there are like Democratic members of Congress who are are claiming they don't feel safe and that the other Republic, like the Republican members of Congress are going to attack them. (laughs) Like, (sighs) oh, geez. It's just. I got so much to say to that, but that's another episode. Yeah, another time entirely. Here, yeah, listen, the pipeline, are there some good things about it? For sure. Are there some bad things? Absolutely. I don't know. I don't feel yeah. bad for a, a big old oil company. For yeah, losing I, I don't feel bad oil. for the energy company. I, I feel bad for the, the well, this last, sec, this last section, which talks about the layoffs. I feel bad for those people who lost their jobs and sure. all the taxpayer money that was lost because of this revoking the permit. But but let's be honest, if you're looking for any kind of job, Alberta's probably the best place to be, especially yeah. in oil. I mean, yeah. there's people from all over the rest of the country that goes out to Alberta to to get into the oil field yeah. and work there. So, you know, take some of those people's jobs. There's t- there's opportunities yeah. there. Yeah. And they got paid for the work that they did, right? I mean, they, uh, the, not... the work. No, the workers oh, got yeah, paid. Yeah. The work that they did, yeah, but they still lost their, uh, the, the jobs and the, the work that they were set to do as well right like yeah 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 so the wage is so high out there too so yeah uh so the nearly 1900 kilometer keystone xl pipeline first announced in 2005 would have carried 803,000 barrels of crude uh, a day to the oil from the oil sands in alberta to nebraska um, it would have connected to the original Keystone Pipeline that runs from the U.S. Gulf Coast refinery. U.S. President Joe Biden's revoking of the permit was part of a series of executive orders aimed at tackling climate change that also included re-entering the Paris Climate Accord. The Alberta government agreed last year to invest about $1.5 billion as equity in the project, plus billion more, billions more in loan guarantees. As a result, the Canadian leg of the project has been under construction for several months with about 1,000 workers in southeast Alberta. On Thursday, TC Energy said it would be laying off those 1,000 workers. So I think the biggest sufferer in all this are those jobs that are lost, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. And you know what, Will? If TC Energy, because they feel very comfortable using these employees as kind of sympathy bait in their argument, they feel so bad for them not getting paid how about you take your hundred million hundred billion with a b bitch and <laughs> assets and fucking shell out some some dough to those workers that are being laid off yeah. why don't you do the right thing energy company and then use that as a pr stunt you can put yeah. it on your friend twitter that you did that next <laughs> <laughs> i guess it all depends on how much they have that's actually liquid cash but i'm sure how here i just want to check how much their their net income so like as i understand it cash is 3.5 billion yeah um, take a couple hundred mil give those workers some oh well yeah well a thousand workers the ceo had uh reported salary at the end of december 2019 to be uh 13 million which what's that 13 get the fuck out of here i am so sick could totally split that amongst the the thousand workers give them each a little 13k bonus yeah take a few like 
take a salary of 10 million yeah man and give 3 million out like yeah don't sit on a fucking high horse when you're getting 13 million dollars yeah. are you kidding me oh i hate i hate oh, yeah, yeah. i hate this kind of shit oh yeah i i don't ever think executives should ever be paid in that that millions of dollars in their their salaries and bonus like disney's yeah. cfo recently getting that 11 million dollar uh, annual bonus dependent on her the the economic performance of the company while they're laying off thousands of workers who have yeah. no work and nothing like that like how about instead you help feed those workers you laid off it's the pandemic there's nothing you can do like there's no work for them sure sure but like if you're going to be talking about not having the money for it don't then turn around and give your you know your cfo another huge bonus like yeah don't turn on your executives back to their full annual salaries it's ridiculous where did i see like I read somewhere where because of COVID and all the layoffs, right? People are losing their jobs. Yeah. They, you know, and really, if you have a lifestyle set up to, you know, what your your job salary was as just like a regular worker, I mean, yeah. Unemployment really doesn't match that. No, it, it doesn't. So you you there's a lot of um, potential risk of like losing your housing. You can't feed yeah. your family. Like it's it's not great. Now there's some companies that will top you up and give you a little bit more but even still like you're losing money yeah and so those people are being laid off losing their jobs losing their houses yeah. i mean it's it's a disaster and yet in the midst of that i read that multiple like billion dollar companies ceos were getting paid out their bonuses oh yeah are you no, kidding that's... Me? like have some fucking class i hate rich people oh, yeah bitching about uh, using their employees as as like sympathy fuel yeah. for their argument and then not doing anything about yeah. it no that i hate it i, hate I, I can't I hate stand that shit. like oh well this is bad that this is happening but i'm not gonna take action like yeah oh, well, i'm gonna click people complain going. about like jeff bezos's endless net worth because that's all tied to his amazon stock that he owns most of it is anyway like if amazon stock bottoms out his net worth bottoms out like yeah. he actually his salary is really low when it comes to executives like he takes an 81k salary for the year and I think in 2019, he got an annual bonus of like 1.6 million. Like that's really low for someone so high up yeah. in such a successful company. But his net worth is massive, but that's not cash. Like he can't spend that. The only way he has access yeah. to do something with it is if he sells it. And then if he right. were to sell his stocks, Amazon would crash and people would be like, why is Jeff Bezos selling off? Yeah. So to everyone who uh, hates Jeff Bezos and thinks he's like hoarding wealth, He's not. He's not hoarding this two billion dollars of cash or two hundred and some billion dollars of cash. He's. I mean, doesn't have that. I'll hang on to it for him, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> moving on to something that's a little bit more funny. Uh, a little more gayer. Let's get into gay stuff, you know. Yeah, let's get, get that's into what the, the gay people stuff. People came now. here for it. We made them sit through that bullshit pipeline. Let's yeah, get let's into let's the get real into the pipes. Game, yeah. Let's get into the gay stuff. All right. So, Lil Nas X is hilariously trolling a rab the rabbi who I covered in the, the last episode who says the COVID vaccine makes you gay. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Lil Nas X is a rapper. I think he's 21 years old. Uh, he's openly gay. And oh, he's he the country guy. Yes. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he also came out with the, I think it was this year, I guess technically last year, the the song Holiday, which apparently was a very popular song. I I enjoy it. I'm not a huge fan of rap music, but I enjoyed the song. Um, which actually like, has a reference to topping and bottoming. Is it that one? Um, I'm gonna that. Maybe I, I'm not sure. Hello, I'm. I am a not thirty something out, out of touch with pop culture. I think I know who it is. I think I know the song. Sorry, sorry, Will. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So, and then the the little tagline is: "Not enough people are speaking up about this." The twenty one year old musician joked. If you've been mysteriously craving iced coffee, walking really fast, and sitting in chairs incorrectly, Lil Nas X thinks he knows why. The COVID vaccine turned you gay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got all those, the stereotypes, the iced coffee, which I have with me now. Um, I walk really fast as as a gay man. I have to walk fast. Um, And then, of course, (laughs) I, I don't know how to sit in a chair properly. Um, oh, that's so gay of you. Yes, that's, that's the gayest. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, like, it's so funny, like as if the yeah. government. <sighs> on Sunday, the record-shattering rap artist perfectly trolled an Orthodox rabbi who claimed that inoculations for the novel coronavirus are spreading homosexuality around the world. According to the Jerusalem Post, the ultra-conservative Israeli leader, Rabbi Daniel Azar, claimed that vaccines made using embryonic substrate, and the, yeah, so the vaccines are made using an embryonic substrate, and we have evidence of this, causes opposite tendencies. It doesn't. In fact, in order for the vaccine to do anything remotely similar to make someone gay, it would have to change your dna which it doesn't what it, the vaccine does is inject rna into your cells which does not go into the the cell's nucleus so it does not alter dna doesn't even yeah. come close to your dna it's simply People. the cell's cytoplasm outside of the the nucleus which is oh, where when you need to make enzymes and proteins your body copies part of your dna translates it into rna and then sends it out into the cell and then that's where RNAs get make proteins, and that's where the COVID vaccine goes. It goes into that kind of outside part of the cell where proteins are made. It's about so, proteins, y'all. Get that protein yeah, in. It's what it does. Powder. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So and then he continues. Vaccines are taken from an embryonic substrate that they, and they did that here too. So it can cause opposite tendencies, he said, referring obliquely to same-sex attraction. Among the other false and outlandish claims made to followers, Azar alleged that vaccination efforts are an attempt to establish a new world order and a part of a global malicious government. <laughs> in the last, uh, <laughs> when I covered this a little bit more in detail, he thinks it has to do with like, Bill Gates, the Illuminati, like he's a real conspiracy nut. Oh my God. What are we doing? <laughs> Poor Bill Gates gets tied into all this. He's just a nerd in Seattle, know, just right? trying to like, live his life. I mean, like, I love how people are so interested in what Elon Musk is doing with like thinking of putting like chips in your brain so you can listen to music directly that way. Mm-hmm. You know, putting a chip in your brain. And Bill Gates just wants to help vaccinate the world. <laughs> 
save lives. He just wants to eliminate disease. Like yeah. that guy could be on yachts nonstop. Yeah. He could just be yachting it up day after day after day. He could own a yacht and just cru- go wherever he wants. Yeah. You know? He's like, you know he what? He could I'm sell all his Microsoft forever in a, yacht. a section of it and never have to work another day in his life. He's legitimately, he tries to help, which is a lot better than, you know, I don't know, the the owner of TC Energy. Yeah. Like, he's not helping with fucking oh. vaccines. Get out of here. I love, like, he gets tied into so many conspiracy theories. It's oh, hilarious. And Elon like Musk. the richest Musk man is, in the world for a really yeah. long time. Yeah, everybody knew. Everybody knew Bill Gates. Yeah. That was like the, yeah. It was a whole thing when Amazon stock, uh, Jeff Bezos overtook Bill Gates. I'm sure he was thankful. Probably, yes. I mean, it is a very privileged problem to have, to be the richest man in the world and be known for that. But trying to be empathetic to a situation, it was probably awful. Yes, probably. You know, people constantly trying to make fun of you, people thinking that they can mistreat you. Of course. Um, Like, it was probably really shitty. So continuing on, he also called the World Health Organization and pharmaceutical companies Pfizer and BioNTech criminal organizations because of their work stopping the spread of coronavirus, which has claimed 2 million lives worldwide. So Lil Nas X, who's chart-topping Old Town Road, recently became the highest certified song in RIAA history. Whoa. Clowned on Azure on Twitter by jokingly illustrating the effects of COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccine on himself. He tweeted a photo of himself before and after the vaccine. And in the second picture, the musician sports a limp wrist. He's not lying, the (laughs) 21-year-old said, adding with a wink. Not enough people are speaking up about this. So that's what it is. And then he's got just a picture of him in like this yellow hat that's done sideways and really vibrant yellow coat. And then the next photo is him like limp wrist, just like, is he, you know, you know. Oh, that is so funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, he's God. dressed like a pile on, like a traffic oh. pile, but he's just kind of. He's dressed like a pile on. Holiday. I love this guy. I, again, I guess I knew who he was, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. But when I Googled him and did an image search, I mean, let's let's stop and appreciate this man's wardrobe. It's incredible. Yeah, the colors are beautiful. Of course. Okay, I love everything about him. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> and an orange Nike suit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I love this guy so much. And he's even got like his nails painted in the photo too. It's great. It is wonderful. Look how happy he is in his face, too. Like, I know. He's, so he's proud. just like. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. And then others illustrated how ridiculous Azar's claims are. None of them are quite as funny, but, you know. Professional Taylor Swift enthusiast and them coordinator Jill Gutowitz noted that there are there's no way a vaccine partially funded by queer icon Dolly Parton could be anything but a gay conversion tool. While journalist (laughs) Bobby Box tweeted that the COVID-19 cure not only made you gay, but gave you the lip-syncing abilities of RuPaul's Drag Race Queen. (laughs) 
Okay, so there's just the collection of tweets. I'll read some of the funnier ones uh, here. So one person said, the first vaccine shot makes you gay. The second one makes you hot. So I, I guess I, I got to get... I, I got to get that vaccine pretty quick then. <laughs> I mean, I got to get on it. Somebody needs to do like the little vaccine, you know, the vial, like the jar that it comes in. Yep. And then Photoshop like RuPaul situation on it. <laughs> Or, or the like, or the syringe itself, yeah. like do a Photoshop making that into drag. That is yeah. all I want. Oh, this is so funny. I mean, it, it's it's scary because people believe this. Yes, that, but it's, it's also not, so silly. I know, it's so like, silly. Like it's not true. So there is no way for a vaccine to make you gay. There's no way to change your sexuality. It doesn't change your either heterosexual you're, you're born with attraction to what you're attracted to um and then you know that's what it is uh, you can't change it unfortunately i don't want to say unfortunately but you can't change it no. um you know, yeah it shouldn't be unfortunate therapy it just has long been tried and has long failed it doesn't work you can't change someone from gay to straight and you can't change someone from straight to gay as much as we want to yeah anyway so continuing on uh, while the vast majority of Israeli leaders have come out in support of vaccinations, as the country sets its sights on inoculating over half its citizens by mid-March, Azar isn't the only notable figure to have spread such absurd claims about the vaccine. Last year, Brazil's anti-gay president, Jair Bolsonaro, I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly, but he's anti-gay. You nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, suggested that people would turn into alligators if they received the COVID-19 shot. Whoa. Uh, Jair had previously claimed that wearing a mask to prevent spreading coronavirus is for fairies before <laughs> personally contracting the disease in July. It's for fairies? Who fucking uses that term now? Oh, my God. Get out of 1989. <laughs> Honestly, Christ. though, like, oh. Can I just say this? And I'm willing to admit this on the pod. If the vaccine did turn people into alligators, I 100% would be down for that because they're basically yeah. like dinosaurs. Yeah. I know they're not, but they look like yeah. prehistoric beings. Yeah. So, let's, let's get more alligators up in here. Yes. I would totally give me all of the vaccines. Yeah. What if it was like a gay alligator, a galligator? Oh, well, we'll be getting I mean, get to that out. a little bit later. Just a little bit later. Oh, oh my God. Spoiler. Brazil has for the third time had has had the third highest well, Brazil has had the third highest number of confirmed COVID nineteen cases in the world behind just the US and India. Wow. The US being handling it terribly and then India having a massive amount of people and then being the most populated country in the world. And then while little NASX did not respond respond to Jair's gator themed remarks on Twitter. We can only hope that the coming rollout of his debut album will correct that oversight. Sure, he has two Grammys and spent an unprecedented 19 weeks on top of the Billboard Hot 100, but has he made all of Come to Brazil Twitter lose its collective minds with his new track, Ali Gay Tour? We'll be waiting for the <laughs> to drop. So it's spelled A-L-L-I-G-A-Y-T-O-R. I love it. Gay Alligator. Alligator. So oh, see, I, now I'm going to be 
procreate later, like making a gay alligator. <laughs> Alley. Yeah. No. So before this, I didn't really have too much thoughts about Lil Nas X. Like I just, I'm not in really into rappers, but he seems like a decent human being. So, uh, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, in his, his song Holiday, he makes a reference to, to gay sex being topping and bottoming. Mm-hmm. And possibly a reference to poppers. Mm-hmm. I just need to, to check the lyrics. So he's really educating. He's an educator, yes. is what yeah. we're saying here. Yeah. And course. his delivery is perfect. Yes. Yeah. So from what I understand, reading verse one, um he says i can i pop shit that to me makes me think of poppers like that he might be referencing that i could entirely be wrong there uh but then the next line is i might bottom on the low but i top shit i can think of no hetero heterosexual explanation for that so yeah wait you're you're is that a lyric you can't think of a heterosexual explanation no, so, or is that like so, you're at your uh, okay that's my what you're saying. opinion i cannot think of a heterosexual reason to uh to say that so, yeah i don't know i can't think of anything that wouldn't be topping and bottoming i mean here's to little nas x yeah doing the lord's work yeah uh so into gay celebrities that so on the topic of gay celebrities that i i enjoy uh neil patrick harris one of my all-time favorite actors um He's just, I find him really funny and great in everything he does. Um, so Neil Patrick Harris says, there's something sexy about straight actors playing gay. So a debate uh, about whether straight actors should still be cast in gay roles has been simmering. And the out actor Neil Patrick Harris is the latest entertainer to share his thoughts on the heated topic. I'm not one to jump onto labeling, he said in a new interview with the Times of London. As an actor, you certainly hope that you can be a visible option for all kinds of different roles. I played a character in How I Met Your Mother for nine years who was nothing like me. Those of you who don't know, he played Barney Stinson, who was a notorious womanizer. <laughs> um, he said if there was, uh, he said if he were the one casting, he would definitely want to hire the best actor. The 47-year-old will appear in the upcoming series, It's a Sin, but a group of young gay men in the 1980s England during the early days of the AIDS epidemic. The director, Russell T. Davies, creator of British Queer as Folk series, made it a point to cast gay actors in gay roles for the new show. I'm not being woke about this, but I feel strongly that if I can cast someone in a story, I'm casting them to act as a lover or an enemy or someone on drugs or a criminal or a saint. They are not here to act gay because acting gay is a bunch of codes for a performance davies told radio times of his casting decision it's about authenticity the taste of 2020 which i mean 2020 left a pretty sour taste in my mouth personally it it was an interesting year uh you wouldn't cat that's me saying that (laughs) uh you wouldn't (laughs) cast someone able-bodied and put them in a wheelchair he added Authenticity is leading us to joyous places. On the subject of Queer as Folk, which was groundbreaking when it debuted in 1999 and featured mostly straight actors playing gay, Harris said he was a big fan. It was one of the real true turning points for me 
as examples of sexy guys behaving as leads in something of import, not as comic sidekicks. The Doogie Howser MD star said, I think there's something sexy about casting a straight actor to play a gay role. They're willing to invest a lot, invest a lot into it. There's a nervousness that comes from the newness of it all to declare that you'd never do that. You might miss opportunities. Out actress Kristen Stewart has also recently opened up about the topic of straight actors playing gay, saying she thinks about this all the time. I would never want to tell a story that really should be told by someone who's lived that experience, Stewart said. Having said that, it's a slippery slope conversation because that means I could only ever, I could never play another straight character if I'm going to hold everyone to this particular letter of this particular law. I think it's such a gray area. For Harris, he intends to continue playing characters across the sexuality spectrum. In our world that we live in, you can't really, as a director, demand that an actor be gay or straight, he told the Times, adding, who's to determine how gay someone is? So I agree with that mostly. I think that demanding that gay actors be the only ones to play gay characters um, would force gay... So... Ignoring the fact that I think that's incredibly stupid and that actors are there to act, that's their whole point. Um, but if we're just looking at that being the case, it would force gay actors who might be in the closet to either have to choose between doing a role or outing themselves. Mm. Or skipping a role yeah, and outing themselves. Right? Like that, that puts them yeah, that's a... at a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... I agree it could be considered a gray area. I don't really think it is because I don't see an issue with it. Like, I I basically, I break characters up into two different types. There are characters who live gay stories, which this would be like um, Simon from the movie Love, Simon, or the book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, uh, or the book Hero. Um, these, like the main protagonists, both of those are gay and a large part of their story is them kind of coming to terms with it, accepting it and coming out. Mm -hmm. Those stories don't require a gay actor to play them, but what they do require is someone who understands that experience. Because you don't understand it, you're going to write it poorly because you just wrote it poorly because mm -hmm. you don't understand how kind of it goes, what the emotions are behind it and stuff like that. And then you have characters who are you know their stories are something different uh, but they still happen to be you know, gay bisexual lesbian whatever and those characters i don't think need quite the same level of involvement and understanding what it's like to be gay or trans or bisexual because that's if it's not a major plot point right it's not really an issue right so you don't need to understand that experience quite as much and then if you're doing something that's entirely fantasy, well, then it doesn't matter at all because in that realm, it could be completely acceptable or completely different from how it is um, in our world. Right, right, right. Yeah. So personally, I don't, I don't really see the issue, but. Well, thanks, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Thank you, Diggy Hauser. <laughs> all right, let's move on to, to this one. It's long-ish. Uh, so, U.S. woman who tweeted about dream gay lifestyle in Bali is set to be deported. Kristen Antoinette 
Gray, accused of breaching Indonesia visa by promoting the island, selling her ebook, and offering consulting. An American woman is being deported from Bali over suspected immigration violations after her tweets that celebrated the Indonesian resort island as a low-cost, queer-friendly place for foreigners to live went viral. So first thing I'm going to say here, Indonesia is not a country that is well-known for its gay rights. In fact, they're quite limited there, as they are in many Muslim-majority countries. Um, I, I am pretty sure Indonesia is a Muslim-majority country. If not, it does have one of the largest Muslim populations in the world, like of any country. Um, okay. So it's not exactly a queer-friendly place for the people who live there. It's possible they're friendlier to foreigners, but like it's, it's not a queer-friendly right. place. Okay. So Kristen Antoinette Gray arrived in Bali in January last year and ended up staying throughout the coronavirus pandemic. Her posts on Twitter, including comparisons between Bali and LA, offers to advise on travel and links to buy her ebook began going viral in Indonesia on Sunday. Many Indonesian social media users were furious, saying the graphic designer, many Indonesian social media users were furious, saying the graphic designer was showing off living and working in Bali without a proper visa and encouraging travel during a pandemic. Jesus Christ, you've got too much time. Honestly. Well, I mean, I just, I don't like Twitter as a whole. I think it can be a good platform for disseminating information, but a lot of the stuff that goes on on Twitter, I just, I think is kind of crazy. I just love the jokes. I, that's my favorite yeah. thing about Twitter. Yeah. Some good stuff on Twitter, but there's, there's a fair yeah. amount of crazies. Not to mention, like, if you were to go hashtag gay on Twitter, I guarantee in the first top five posts, there's going to be some hardcore porn there. Like, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with that. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say infested because there's nothing inherently wrong with porn. Uh, but topic for another time. No, but that's where people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's a lot of it. Like well, especially once Tumblr shut everything down on their website, which led to oh, Tumblr dying as a website. Got you. Okay, and I know because Instagram obviously is incredibly strict about yes, you know that stuff and the free the nipple movement and stuff. Yeah. So they go to Twitter, but that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, so Jamaruli Menahurik, chief of Bali Regional Office for the Ministry of Law and Human Rights, said Gray may have violated a number of immigration laws, including spreading information that could unsettle the public. <laughs> so my question is, by saying is it queer friendly, does that unsettle the public or is it spreading the information that Bali is a good place to go during a pandemic? Like that, that's my question. I'm, I'm assuming it's the homophobic version, but I'm not sure. Uh, she stated that she could provide easy access to Bali through the recommended agency and offer the low living costs in Bali that is comfortable and LGBTQ plus friendly. Many Hertz said at a news conference on Tuesday. So it's the ease of, it's both. It's the ease of access and the homophobia. Okay. Interesting. Her tweets referenced her ebook costing $30 and a follow-up consultation for $50. Well, that sounds like a ripoff. Yeah. I'm going to pay you 80 bucks to tell me how to travel to a country. 
by the way, like <laughs> Kristen, I can, I can just Google it. Thanks. The... Well, like if I wanted to travel to oh, Bali, yeah. I'm gonna Google it. I'm not gonna buy her ebook. And yeah, talk no. About it. No, I'm. Yeah, it's Thanks, easier to Google than anything. Like, yes, and this indicated that she was working without a business visa. She is suspected of carrying out business activities by selling ebooks and putting a rate for consulting about Bali tourism. Uh, the mm. yeah said Gray, who is from LA, told reporters after immigration officials announced the deportation, "I am not guilty. I have not overstayed my visa. I am not making money in Indian Indonesian uh, rupiah rupiah." I'm sure I mispronounced that. Rupiah? I think it's rupiah? Rupiah? Okay. I put Indonesian out... dollars. Yes. Uh, I put out a statement about LGBT and I'm deported because I am LGBT. I mean, I, I don't really think so. I mean, in part, probably. But, like, you were yeah. working without a work visa. Yeah, this one is really... I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding it really difficult to, like ascertain if it really is an lgbt and maybe it is it, it maybe it is. that's part of it but you can't go to a country on a i'm assuming a traveler's visa I, yeah and i think it's a traveler's visa and then you are making money there yeah like, the, like by the direct fact that you're in that yeah, country you're even off, though you're not yeah. getting yeah you're not getting paid in their their currency but you're still yeah. making money off of being there I, I, yeah, this is kind of great. If you happen to be like on vacation there and like, right, like you sell art online, like through Redbubble and you happen to upload a couple of designs, like yeah. that's very different. That's totally different. Than, like very different than her actively giving advice and then actively working while she's in the country. That's right. That's right. Right. Like, I mean, if we had an ebook, right, and we had it for yeah. sale and then we traveled there and we're still making money on that ebook. I mean, that's not making money there, but she's making no, money on the direct. She's actively promoting it while she's there. That's right. And consultation on how to travel to Bali. Yeah. So you, while it's not, she's there, like, right? Like, it would have to be yeah. some kind of virtual conference, like, right? Like, that's yeah, not. Working. You're working. That's working. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. She's working. Uh, so, Gray and her partner. Sandra Michelle Alexander are currently in immigration detention while awaiting for a flight to the U.S. In her posts, Grace celebrated the difference between Bali and the U.S. This island has been amazing because of our elevated lifestyle at a much lower cost of living. I was paying $1,300 for my L.A. studio. Now I have a treehouse for $400, one of her tweets said. Indonesia has temporarily restricted foreign arrivals since the 1st of January to control the spread of COVID-19 and public activities have been restricted on Java and Bali. The Bali Regional Office of the Ministry of Law and Human Rights urges foreign nationals to comply with the current COVID-19 pandemic, to comply with health protocols, to follow the right procedures regarding visa processing, and while in Indonesia. So for this one, I think it is in part because she is LGBT and was saying stuff like it's pro-LGBT, but I don't think that's the majority of it. I don't think if she just said that, you know, oh, Bali's this nice spot, I don't think she would have gotten deported. I think it was the fact that she was working. Yeah, so I think so, too. I think so, too. How it seems and to me. listen, maybe, you know, in saying that, maybe they are homophobic. They don't like the fact that she's a lesbian. And so they, they maybe sought out reason to. Yeah. Um, 
deport her. But honestly, it even doesn't sound like that. It sounds like she was being kind of quite blatant yes, in her making money yeah. and what she was tweeting. And, you know, there's there's consequences to that. You yeah, got to be really careful. That's what I think is good. And especially because uh, I don't think it's in this article that talks about it. But there's another article I read and it said that the uh, LGBT activists in Indonesia say that it, it's not a good place to be LGBT there and that uh, it's quite damaging to them to have, you know, uh, a foreign individual, in this case, it's from America, coming and saying that, oh, it's this very LGBT-friendly place when it isn't, their rights are restricted, they can't marry there, like, it's, it's not a good place to be LGBT. True, it may not be the worst, but it's not a good place to be it, especially for the locals. Like, it's very, yeah. right, like... And now this woman, I believe, is a person of color. Uh, if the photo is to be she believed, is. she very much and is like, like trying to, I don't want to say like white knighting, but she's totally disregarding the plight of the people who live there for yeah. her own gain, right? And this is something I feel a lot of activists, especially American activists, um, who do a lot of time on Twitter, tend to ignore the plight that the lgbt population faces around the world like globally yeah. like right now in chechnya there is a gay holocaust going on um which i'm going to talk about at another time far more in depth uh but they're on crave and i think it's done by hbo there's a documentary called welcome to chechnya which covers the the horrible atrocities of gay people being hunted oh. imprisoned killed wow um i i did not i'm gonna look that up That'll yeah be it, a good episode. yeah i highly recommend watching it if you haven't and if you have the means um it's very distressing to see what's going on uh and to see that uh putin supports it and mm -hmm. that there's just there's very little international condemnation of it right like i honestly personally i feel globally there's very little care for lgbt lives uh, internationally because no one's putting any kind of restrictions or anything on Chechnya or Russia as a whole um, for these human rights violations. And it is a human rights violation. They are torturing gay individuals uh, mm -hmm. simply for being gay. And torture is a violation of the human rights. But it's just oh, so bad. And I don't want to get too, too much into it, but it is very distressing to see. And it's why I consider the UN to be a joke. I really have very little respect for the UN for several reasons. Their complete disregard for any kind of safety security of men in every scenario, almost every scenario. And again, that's a topic for another time. But the fact that like they're adding countries like China to the Human Rights Commission. China is very clearly and is very publicly although they try to hide it violating human rights like then to add them to this to the human rights council is absurd anyway <laughs> um <laughs> back to the story at hand yeah back to kind of what's going on here um it is very bad um but it does seem like she violated the laws there that yeah she should she not did. have she, been yeah she yeah, she for sure law. violated yeah immigration laws now yeah. the 
part of it, I'm just looking at another article. I don't even know if this is accurate, but it's a website called coconuts.co. Okay. Um, so she's being, she's in the, um, she's detained currently yeah. and awaiting a flight out. And once her, her passport or her visa is due to expire on January 24th. Um, so tomorrow, because we're recording yeah. on the 23rd. Um, and then she's not allowed, or her, her uh, girlfriend, Sandra Michelle Alexander, are not allowed back in the country for six months. But now part of it, I mean, she, she broke the law, plain and simple, independent of her... Um, Sexuality. Of her being gay. Yeah. But the part of it is associated that. So spreading yeah. information that could unsettle the public, uh, such as Bali being queer-friendly... Yeah. And suggesting that foreigners can enter Indonesia during the pandemic. Yeah. And so not that it's all right that they're not queer friendly, because obviously that isn't OK. No. It sounds it sounds like what I'm gathering from the article is maybe it's tolerated, but it's not supported, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, their, and their can, rights are very restricted, but I don't think it's a country that has being gay illegal. Yeah. I mean, it's not. What is it? Is it the Ukraine? Um, or Russia? Is it Russia where it's illegal? I mean, I know there's a lot of places. Oh, there are 88 countries, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. All of which, or most of which, like a heavy majority, if not all, are Muslim-majority countries. Anyway, so yes, that's that. So she's being deported from her treehouse. Yes. Back to L.A., which is the epicenter of COVID. Yes. So, so bye-bye. Wear, wear a mask. Yes. Well, she's wearing a mask in her photo, which is good. All right, so kind of on a, uh, a homophobic vein, uh, this comes from Daily Post. Uh, my gay son has spiritual problem, Doyin Okupe. I think I said that properly. Uh, so Doyin Okupe, a former presidential aide, has reacted to the revelation by his son Bolu that he is gay. Daily Post recalls that Bolu made the revelation on his Instagram while sharing his photo. Reacting to the post, Okupe said his son is going through a quote-unquote spiritual challenge. On his Instagram page, Okupe, with a picture of his son, wrote, The picture below is that of Mabolarin Okupe. I'm really sorry if I said that wrong. He is my son. I gave him the name Moba Oluvrarin. I walked with God because he was born at a time I gave my life to Christ. For me, I looked beyond the surface or the physical... Here I see a major spiritual challenge ahead, but I know that my God liveth. This whole saga will end in praise to the almighty Jehovah, who I serve day and night. He mentioned that he's been aware of his son's sexuality for a while, but has stood against it. Giving his reasons, Okupe said he is an evangelist and homosexuality goes against his Christian faith. I've been aware of Bolu's new orientation for a while now. He knows that as a Christian and a witness for Christ, an evangelist, I am vehemently opposed to homosexuality as it runs contrary to the avowed precepts of my Christian faith, his post read. So, first comment. Does it, though? Does I'm sorry, it? sweetie, but, but your homophobia is really showing through there. Like, oh. Yeah. Gotta and, dim that down a little bit, pal. Yeah. Yeah, so his son's picture that he came out with is him in, like, short and tight um, rainbow shorts that are, like, the pride flag. They go down to, like, his mid-thigh, and he is surprisingly jacked. Um, <laughs> just just kind of sitting here staring at his six-pack for a minute. 
Um, All right. And then he's got a, a pride flag behind him. This is the son, not the dad. This is the son. <laughs> the dad is like old and wrinkled and his face is drooping. He's, just, he's honestly quite ugly. <laughs> dad in the corner. depressed. I like also that he said his new orientation. Yeah. He's Honey, that's not always new. been his orientation. Yeah, it's always been that way. I'm sorry. It's not new. It's not new, no. Um, you're born how you are. Anyway, moving on, we've got our last article here. Hungary's government orders disclaimers on books with gay content. The country's right-wing leaders have made hostility to LGBTQ people a central part of their agenda. Uh, and I did cover uh, earlier on um, an article that talked about one of Hungary's, uh, I think one of their members of parliament, uh, he was caught uh, fleeing a gay orgy. So. <laughs> yeah. What a cool... Um... What a cool band name, Fleeing a Gay Orgy. <laughs> or like a memoir, like title of your yeah. memoir, Fleeing a Gay Fleeing Orgy. A gay orgy. <laughs> that is amazing. Anyway, so Budapest, Hungary's government, which has made hostility to LGBTQ people a central part of its right-wing agenda, ordered a publisher on Tuesday to print disclaimers identifying books containing behavior inconsistent, so open quote, behavior inconsistent with traditional gender quote, gender roles, unquote. Government said the action was needed to protect consumers from being misled after Labrisses, a lesbian group, published a fairy tale anthology, Wonderland is for Everyone, which included some stories with gay themes. The book, whose authors say it is intended to teach children to be respectful of other of people with all backgrounds, features a tale of a doe who is granted a wish to become a buck, and a poem about a prince who marries another prince. Other stories depict minorities in a positive light, including Roma and disabled people. The character Snow White, Snow White, renamed Leaf Brown, has dark skin. Which I mean, Snow White is such a prettier name than Leaf Brown. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a rough go. Leaf like you could literally Brown. pick anything for that name, like Deep God. Chocolate or something like that. Like disabled people. What are, what are Roma? Is that what we formally called gypsies? Is that what yes. that is? Yeah. Because we can't say gypsy anymore. No, I think Roma is short for Romani. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The book is sold as a fairy tale, called so on its cover and designed accordingly, but it hides the fact that it depicts behavior inconsistent with traditional gender roles, the government office in Budapest said in a statement. Jesus Christ. The order requires Labrises to put disclaimer on its books containing such content, including Wonderland is for Everyone. Labrises, really feel that if I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's L-A-B-R-I-S-Z. I I don't really know how to pronounce it. Labrise? Labrise? Labrises. I don't don't know. Hmm. Um, An allied gay rights group called Hatter said they would sue the government over the disclaimer requirements, which they called discriminatory and unconstitutional. As in nearby Poland, Hungary's nationalist prime minister, Viktor Orban, has adopted increasingly hostile rhetoric and policies toward LGBT groups in the past year. Last year, Hungary banned recognizing transgender identities in official documents and amended the constitution to declare that, in a family, the father is a man and the mother is a woman. Orban's homophobic politics suffered a setback in December when a senior European Parliament lawmaker from his 
Fidesz party was caught fleeing a gay orgy in Brussels in violation <laughs> of pandemic restrictions and in possession oh, of drugs. In the fucking pandemic. Oh my god, a gay orgy and a pandemic. Yeah, like I love it. It's fleeing a gay orgy, so ding on the, the homophobia there. In violation yes. of the pandemic and in possession of drugs. Like That's amazing. There's a Facebook group just called In In a Pandemic question mark. And it's everybody like posting people doing wild shit during oh the pandemic. God. Like going to Disney. Yeah. yeah. I know um perfect for that. Anyway, in this article I love how it says his homophobic politics suffered a setback. Oh no, not oh, a no, setback. A setback. You homophobe. You got one of them homophobe setbacks, you know? Um, okay, I'll be back in a second. There's so there's a book that I have, which is I guess it would be similar to this, um, what they call it? The the Wonderland is for everyone. I have it on my bookshelf, so I'll just go grab it so I can get the exact name of it. Okay. I'm gonna vamp while Will's gone. So, um Oh no. I just drew a blank of everything. So here I am talking Will to Will is back. Oh thank God. <laughs> That's the scariest <laughs> moment of my life. Um so there is this this book. It's called Wayne, uh, LGBT Reimaginings of Scottish Folklore. Um, and so some of my so there's some of my favorites uh in it they're very good uh the poems are by uh rachel Plummer. so i wonder if i just want to see if i can find yeah my favorite's actually on page eight called love song for a wolver and for those of you who don't know a wolver in scottish folklore is a it's got the body of a man the head of a wolf and is a very friendly individual oh i love it will leave uh fish on your windowsill Right. They're just—they're peculiar individuals. Maybe a pie, fish, but you know, interesting. Fish. All right. Uh, Body yeah. of a man, head of a wolf. Super friendly. Pretty much, yeah. Now, Unless you okay. try to attack them. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Body of a man, um, head of a wolf. If, if friendly, unless you attack me, I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Um, so okay. I'll read the poem. When I was a boy, the wolver brought me a fish, a wet bouquet of them at my window. Scales, gem. Bright in the wooden dish, gleaming ornate as coy, such silver teeth he had, such hair, such yellow eyes. He brought me eight wet stones from the lock. He brought me the bones of a trout, the bottled cries of a once wise man gone mad, the wolver's courting gifts. He came to me in the gray dawn, knelt down at my door. We wed that spring. I wore the soft fur of a prey creature. His strong voice lifts the birds to the sky. And oh, he sang that day. From everywhere around, the half-wolf's wedding sound echoed. The air was gray, and his wind roughened cry. We still live to, we live together still, the wolf and his husband. We make it our, we make our den atop the northernmost outcrop of this moonstick island. Listen, tonight we howl. So it's Beautiful. a cute little poem about, uh, a gay marriage. So let me just say this, uh, hungry, Get it together. Get your shit together. I'll, yeah, I've said it before on here. I was like, get your shit together. Also, they said like their whole argument was like behavior inconsistent with traditional gender roles. Yeah. Okay, let's in a hypothetical situation. Let me give that to you. Okay. Yeah. So that means you have to put disclaimers on um, if a woman goes out and works or the woman is the main breadwinner. Yeah. Are you putting disclaimers on those books? 
are you putting, I'm just thinking of like yeah. my situation, uh, my partner, he, <laughs> he does all the cooking, all the cleaning, right? Yeah. Which is not a traditional no, male gender role. So if I were to write a book about our life, which would be would a have thriller, to put that note, a thriller, that, that they would have, but I guarantee you they're not fucking doing that. Probably so not. It's bullshit is what I'm saying. No, if that's going to be your argument, hungry, then make it consistent. Like yeah, there's commit to it. Yeah. You're there's not a doing lot it. of countries in Eastern Europe, which have become very popular with very right wing parties because they've kind of used the LGBT population, which is small. We're about 5% of the population. Um, you know, we're at that size where we're frequently used as, especially in these, it's mostly the Eastern part of the world, especially like Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. We're used as like this common enemy to unite against in the Eastern, right? right? Like in Eastern Europe, we're used as this common enemy to unite against just because we're small, can't really do much. And if you have an enemy at like wartime, it's, a good way to do propaganda and to unite people together. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Like Poland recently came out with their, their, their no LGBT zones. So it means that no LGBT people can be in these certain zones. Unbelievable. Yeah. Un unbelievable. It's pathetic. I, that's really how I describe it. Like they're so desperate for power and like they preach completely not what they do like but i for me let's say i was a like in my soul homophobe but also wanted power okay yeah and i had those but the power like that's what i want i want power yeah. i want control i'm gonna look at the community the lgbtq plus community these motherfuckers know how to get movements going they oh, know how yeah. to get numbers they know how to get support cater to them like if you want yeah. power like it's such a powerful community even though it is only five percent like you're so st stupid for for doing that well support i mean them. like get their get get their support but the issue is in like these countries they have these large populations of orthodox religions these large populations they're very religious Ugh. oh my god gross <sighs> yep yep i like, go to a k orgy and just let it go yeah. Not in the pandemic. Not in the pandemic. Not a, no, not in a pandemic. Well, make sure you're wearing your mask. I guess wear a mask. As, I don't know. as the British Columbia government recommends, use some glory holes. <laughs> Is that what they said? Is that true? Uh, they didn't use that wording exactly, but oh. yes, on their the BC website, like for sex during the pandemic for hooking up, they advised using. They described it differently, but essentially glory holes, like like a, a barrier. Yeah, like a solid barrier with a hole cut in it. Like a plastic barrier. Yeah. You know what? Very progressive British Columbia. <laughs> you have beautiful mountains and scenery and beautiful ways to promote promote safe sex during a pandemic. Yes. And, and now I they have, have, I guess, beautiful glory holes now or bountiful beautiful. glory holes. Bountiful. That should be their new slogan for the province. <gasps> Welcome to British Columbia. Bountiful glory holes. And, and then dot, 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 uh, and mountains. And mountains. We and ski sometimes you can ski yeah. here and van. Yeah. Whistler, That's a nice parts. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen. As always, this was uh, this was wonderful. Thanks for having us on or me on. Uh, it was lovely us. to to have you on. Um, Thank you to all the new listeners too. 
yeah. that are coming from the old true crime obsessed camp. Yes, I, I guess I should mention that I, I myself, I am a fan of true crime obsessed. Mm-hmm. It falls in my top three podcasts. Same. Never miss an app. So I wish I had like a uh, a garbage bell here. We could do it and salute to um, True Crime Obsessed. And do you want to do you want to say about Patrick Hines? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just thought it was really funny. Like I opened up my Twitter to announce that I had put out the last episode, um, and then. I checked that my follower count had gone up from three to four. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, who followed me? <laughs> yeah, 25% increase. I mean, who doesn't yeah. want that? Uh, and I saw that it was him. And I was like, you know, just to, to check. I was like, okay, that has a big Twitter account. Um, so they didn't recognize like the name right away. I was like, oh, okay. So then I clicked on his profile and was like, oh, that's who he is. Yeah. First thing I did was was message you of guess who's following me on Twitter now. <laughs> I know I screamed. I screamed. I oh, should thanks. I'll send you my I screenshot it. I can oh, send it to you. Thanks. Yeah, like our, it was, our it was interaction. crazy. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, thanks. We love you. All right, so I guess that'll do it for today. Okay. Uh yeah, so thanks for listening to that gay shit today and Thank you, Cecile, for joining me. Uh, Thank you so much. More, Keep doing gay shit. Yeah. Uh, for more updates and whatnot, follow me on Twitter at that gay SHT, capital G, capital T, capital S, and follow me on Instagram, uh, that gay SH.T. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>